So, uh, welcome to RUF here on this uh, glamorous first day. How was convocation? We should have had a Purell station. Hey guys, all the high fiving. It's not sanitary. Um, so, I'm Ben. I'm the campus minister for RUF. I would love to meet you if we haven't met already. And um, as um, Chloe Nicholas said before, uh, our mission is to love and serve this campus, to be a place where uh, people can come and they can hear what the Bible has to say about reality and about the person of Jesus. And whether you're a person of faith, we want this to be a place where you can come and you can grow, you can be nourished, you can uh, grow in your own faith. Or if you're a person who has questions and doubts and skepticisms, this is a place where you can come and ask those questions. Come and examine uh, what it is that the Bible actually claims um, about uh, this person, Jesus. And so this semester, to that end, one of the ways we want to love our campus is uh, to talk about that together through the Gospel of John. And so uh, this, mo uh, this morning, it's not like I've been at church all summer. Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to be looking at John chapter 1, starting verse 43. It's on the board. So, and this is, uh, Jesus has been gathering uh, followers, sometimes called disciples, and we're going to kind of pick up after he's begun uh, to call people uh, to come and follow him. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip, and he said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael, and he said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and he said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? And you will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now let me pray and we'll dive into this. Lord God, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for your follower, John. We witnessed this conversation and wrote it down. Um, we thank you for your church who received his letter and made copies of it. And then other people made copies of that. And more copies of that were made. And some really bright people <clears throat> studied Greek and figured out what it meant and translated it so that we could read it tonight. So we thank you for that gift. And we pray that you would work uh, by your spirit Use your word wherever we're coming from, full of doubts and anxieties, um, curiosity, exhaustion, fear. Uh, we need this tonight. Right. So this is a really fascinating time of year, isn't it? Like, especially if you're new to William Mary. Like, how many people have you met in the last three days? And. This is my child. Like, I do this every year. So, like, every year I've met, like, I've met a lot of you last night, and I can't remember your name, right? I have this, like, sort of love 
um, exhausted relationship with meeting new people. I'm an extrovert. I'm on the Myers-Briggs. I'm an ENFP right now. Um, and I love meeting new people, but I also find it exhausting. And it's also this really kind of fascinating thing when you meet someone for the first time, right? There's so much happening in that whole moment uh, when you meet someone. And um, the first thing that's happening in the moment where you meet someone for the first time, the first sort of thing that's going on is you. It, it, the thing that's going on when I meet you for the first time has more to do with me than with you, and here's what I mean by that. Um, we all have our own ideas, our, our conceptions, our biases that we sort of bring to other people and impose upon them, right? And you've probably done that um, this weekend, or maybe even tonight, or maybe even with me. Um, you sort of size people up, right? Like you meet the guy, and you're like, man, this dude's like super fratty, um, you know, mm. Or like, uh, oh, where are you from? Oh, you're from Nova? Like, <laughs> awesome. awesome. Like, it's really original. Um, thanks. Um, or, you know, you observe them based on their gender, their ethnicity, their accent. Like, do you assume according to their accent how educated they are or not? And we just sort of make these snap judgments uh, in, in the moment about other people. We try not to, but we, you know, we do it anyway. And Nathaniel, uh, character in this story, is no different. It's this really fascinating thing in the story. This is the story of Jesus meeting this man named Nathaniel. Uh, and we can pick up from the text that his friend Philip is one of his best friends, like probably someone he grew up with. And in the Jewish society in that region of that day, they would have spent their entire lives looking forward to the Christ or the Messiah to come. Imagine your best friend comes to you and says, hey, we found the one we've been waiting for our whole lives and for hundreds of years prior to that. Um, and Nathaniel just says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Say, really? Um, what, what's going on with that? It's a weird reaction. Um, we think there's a couple of things happening here. The first, the first reason that Nathaniel is so immediately rejecting of the message of Jesus is a cultural assumption. Um, Nazareth uh, was so small, it was such a little podunk town, but that for a long period of time, archaeologists suspected that it wasn't actually real. So we all know Jesus is Jesus of Nazareth, and there was this speculation that that place didn't actually exist. Uh, the Gospels are probably made up. It, we found some stuff that had Nazareth written on it, so now we know it was there. This Bible was true. Um, but it was this little podunk town. Um, I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, which if you know anything about college football, um, like Tuscaloosa, it just orbits around Alabama football, like the University of Alabama. It's like what we worship. It's what we're all about. Um, and our rival is Auburn. Um, and there's a sense in which he may be sort of making what we would have called an Auburn joke growing up. Um, so one of our Auburn jokes was, uh, so there's like three guys driving a truck. There's one driving the truck in the front and two guys in the back in a pickup truck. And it's an Alabama fan is driving it and another Alabama student riding in the back and an Auburn student is also riding in the back. And a deer jumps in front of the truck and they swerve into a lake and the, the truck goes into the lake and then, you know, the Alabama guy rolls down his window and swims out, and the other one swims up to the top, and they're standing there, they're panting on the side, like, oh my gosh, we're alive, what's going on, what's going on, where's our friend? 
And then finally the Auburn guy swims to the top, like five minutes later they think he's dead. And he's like panting, he's almost dead. And they're like, dude, what took you so long? And he's like, I couldn't get the tailgate open. <laughs> because in a lake you wouldn't have to. The joke is that Auburn people are not very smart. And, um, and there's a sense in which Nathaniel is making this just sort of like, Nazareth, like really? Come on. Um, and the same is true for us, I think if we're honest, as we approach Jesus of Nazareth. Like, if you're a Christian, um, or if you're a skeptic, like, has this ever occurred to you, though, Christians? Like, really? You're going to center your entire life around this sort of wandering carpenter rabbi guy from 2,000 years ago who said some ethical things, maybe? Like, is that plausible? That that's going to be what your life is about. Maybe that's your view. Maybe that's your question. The second part of Nathaniel's rejection of Jesus, though, is it's not just sort of cultural, it's theological. It's based actually on the Bible. Because in Micah chapter 5, it says that the Messiah will come from a city called Bethlehem. And so his friend just said, We found the Messiah, he's of Nazareth. And so he's like, Yeah, nothing good comes from Nazareth, but that's not written anywhere. Which is interesting because technically, as far as he knows at this moment, he's right. Like, according to what he has heard so far about Jesus and what he knows of the Old Testament, he has a valid reason in his own mind for saying Jesus is not the Messiah. Which makes an interesting uh, little point for us, which is that sometimes technically correct biblical knowledge can be an obstacle for you knowing Jesus. You can be technically right about what the Bible says according to how the best that you understand it, and that in itself can get in the way. How can that happen for us? Um, it, it could be happening for you, like, sort of now. You're like, yeah, 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 I've read John. Like, I did, a, I did a study on John at youth group this summer, and the youth group, my youth pastor told me it was awesome. He explained it to me, and he told me I was on fire. Uh, and he's got me all amped up for college. And I'm like, I've heard this before. Like, I know where the sermon's going. I know the points you're going to make. I get it. I know. I know. Like, sometimes knowing, like, Jesus doesn't want you to know. He wants you to know him, but he doesn't want you to be a know-it-all. Right? We have to come to him in a way that says, you're going to show me something. And then Philip's response to him is so fascinating. He doesn't answer his cultural and theological objection. What does he say? Verse 46. He just says, well, come and see. Come and see. Bring yourself with all your prejudices, your assumptions, your knowledge, or lack thereof, and come and see Jesus. Now that's, we want REO to be the place where that can happen for you and for your friends. The second thing happening, though, when you meet someone, there's your own assumptions, your prejudices, your biases. Um, but then there's the exchange, right? The other person speaks back. And our assumptions are either confirmed or denied, usually denied. The other person gets to speak back to us. It's like, oh, okay, you're, you're from Nova, but you're actually a unique human being. <laughs> Personality and a name. Um, uh, you know, like, yeah, he is super fratty, and he's probably going to join frat. That's fine, but, you know, like, he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's like funny, he's humble. Um, you know, she's so beautiful and everything, but also smart. Like, wow, that's, I didn't, movies said that's not possible. Um, she's like, wow, how did that happen? 
Um, you know, he's like, I'm pretty sure he's president of the Dungeons and Dragons Club, but man, that dude is witty. And like, he's on to it. And he like, he's, I don't feel like I have to fake anything around him. So we begin to dismantle our assumptions. Um, and Jesus does that to Nathaniel, verse 47. He sees him coming. He sees Nathaniel coming and he says, Behold an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Um, the old translations say, in whom there is no guile. Uh, Jesus speaks back and, and he does it in a way that sort of sizes Nathaniel up for who he actually is. Um, that, that phrase, in whom there is no deceit, it means he has character. Right? He's not a deceptive person. Um, but it also has the sense, like a person in whom, in whom there is no guile, it means Nathaniel says what he thinks. So like what you see is what you get. Everybody has the friend who doesn't have a filter. Right? Most of us, like we have a thought and we don't necessarily express it verbally. But we have one friend, if he's thinking it, he's saying it, right? Um, if you can't think of who that friend is in your life, it's probably you. Um, <laughs> You know, he, he says what he thinks. And what's interesting, and Jesus is saying, you know, you're honest, you're real. And it really rattles Nathaniel. It gets to him. Because um, he says in verse 48, you know, how, how do you know me? And the sense that we pick up from the text is sort of the tone of how the, the passage unfolds. It's, it's not just like, did we meet at a party yesterday and I forgot? Like, we're reading the activities fair, and I just don't remember your name. It's at the point, and you, you guys watch Lost? You gotta get on Netflix tonight and watch Lost. There's this moment where, like, something creepy just happened in the music, and the, and the story goes, Ooh. like, what? Like, how do you know me? Like, it's weird. He's uncomfortable. Um, he's a little bit frightened, but also drawn to Jesus. In the sense of knowing is that he actually, Jesus actually knows him. He doesn't know his name. He knows who he is. And Nathaniel feels that. He knows that. Do you know what it's like to be known? I have a best friend. Maybe it's a family member, sibling, neighbor. And that person just knows you. They just get you. That friend that you can not have to say anything, like you just look across the room in a moment and you both know what's funny right now. You just make eye contact and you both kind of start laughing. It, like it's almost like you could finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, Jesus knows Nathaniel like that and he hasn't met him yet. And Jesus knows you like that. Whether you've met him or not. Some of you know what it's like to be known like that, and you have a best friend like that. Some of you, your concept of being known like that comes from the fact that you know that you've never been known. Then maybe you grew up in a household, or at a school, or around people, and you just had that sense all the time that nobody here gets me. And Jesus is the exact opposite of that. Some of you have spent your whole life with people who don't know you, Jesus is a person who hasn't met you yet, but already knows you to the core. Um, Jesus answers him. He says, you know, how do you know me? Jesus responds, verse 48, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Which is pretty basic. I saw you under the tree. 
Um, a couple points. Uh, one, as I said before, Jesus knew Nathaniel, not just before Jesus met Nathaniel, but before his friend Philip even went to get him. He knew Nathaniel before Philip went to get him. So, which is kind of interesting. Like, if you're reading this story, you probably identify with one or two of these people. You might identify with Philip, like you're the person, like, I'm a Christian, I came to college, I want to introduce other people to Jesus. Or like somebody dragged you here tonight, or you're kind of thinking about Christianity, you're thinking about exploring faith, and you're like, okay, I'll check it out. And that's more like Nathaniel. Um, but what's really interesting is that, you know, Philip thinks it was his idea to go get Nathaniel, and Nathaniel thinks it was his idea to agree to it and go meet the guy. And Jesus is telling both of them, actually, no, it was mine. Before Philip even went to get you, I saw you, and I knew you. This whole situation right here was my idea. And that should be both like encouraging and frightening to all of us. If you're a Nathaniel-type person who's like, okay, I'm going to explore this, let, let, let that creep you out a little bit. The notion of the Bible is that God has his eyes on you. And if you're a Philip-type person who's wanting to introduce your friends, how much would it encourage you to know that before it even occurred to you to talk to your friend about Jesus, Jesus was looking at him or her and saying, I know them in their mind. And you're going to go and get them for them. And you'll think it was your idea. Second thing, Jesus knew Nathaniel before Philip called him. Second, this really gets Nathaniel's attention. Like, even more than, like, the man in whom there is no deceit, he's kind of freaked out. And so people speculate, you know, like, what was going on under that fig tree? What was he doing? So, like, some, some people speculate that maybe he was praying, maybe he was, like, really in-depth in prayer. Or maybe others are like, he was doing something, like, very wrong. <laughs> like, uh, sinning in some way. Um, do you want to know what it was? The text doesn't say, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. Uh, which, by the way, a little sidebar here, that's a mark of an eyewitness account. Like, I love that John doesn't bother to explain it. And it's not super compelling, like, hey, Jesus saw that guy in the fig tree, therefore he's the son of God. Like, that's not a great argument. Like, put that in your philosophy paper and uh, see what kind of grade you get. Um, but, but it gets to Nathaniel. Um, John just wrote it down, like, so I had a victory, they freaked out, moving on with the story. Um, but no, notice this, his assumptions, his biblical assumptions, his cultural prejudices, they haven't been answered yet. The whole, oh, actually I was born in Bethlehem thing, and Nazareth isn't so bad if you live in the right part of town, it's okay. Like none of that. And yet he has this dramatic uh, reaction so here's the thing. If Jesus is real, if God is real, he is not just something that we argue our way to or figure out. There's a very real notion in which, both for you and for your friends, that if God is a person, if Jesus is actually a, a real person that you can know, he might, we've got to have our questions, we've got to have our biases, we've got to have our, our answers for our questions, but he might just reach through all of those things and grab you first. Because he's real. And then look at his reaction. He says this. Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. 
Uh, and he probably doesn't totally understand what he's saying, but he's definitely at the bare minimum saying this man is the Messiah that our people have been longing for to come and save the world, or at least our nation. And you would think that Jesus' reaction to that statement would be like, watch and learn, everybody. Like, this kid gets it. Finally, like somebody's on to me. This guy gets it. Uh, nailed it. But look at Jesus' reaction to this like dramatic exclamation from Nathaniel, verse 50. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under a fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So there's a, when you meet somebody, there's like your own biases and assumptions, and then there's their response, and you kind of get to wrestle with that. But then third, third part of meeting somebody is like the response. Like what are you going to do with this new relationship? Think about all the people you've met this week. What are y'all going to be in 10 years? I hope you don't already have plans for that. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Um, but like, you know, I'm going to follow you on Instagram. We're on the same hall. We'll hang out, maybe. Maybe you'll be best friends for life. Maybe you'll be in each other's weddings. Maybe you will both be in each other's weddings. Marry each other. We got a pretty good. We got a pretty good streak going. In our, I'm just saying, we got a pretty good, pretty good streak. Well, or are you like never going to talk to that person again? Are you going to be like that was weird and awkward and let's hope it doesn't happen again? <laughs> so, let's not do that again. Um, Jesus is saying to Nathaniel. He's he's saying, look, you're right. Nathaniel, you're right. I'm the Son of God. I'm the King of Israel. But you have no idea what you're talking about. You don't have a clue what you just said. And just wait. What he's, what he's doing is he's saying, come for more. You've only gotten a small piece, but just wait. And he does it in a couple ways. Uh, I'll start with the second one first. He says, you will see um, the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Um which is like a cool picture. It's actually a reference to Genesis chapter 28. There's a story about one of the patriarchs, Jacob, and he's like wandering around in the desert and he lays down to go to sleep and then he has this vision where he sees, as Led Zeppelin sang of, a stairway to heaven. And there are angels ascending and descending on this ladder or staircase to heaven. Um, and it's the exact same language in the Septuagint, the, the Greek version of the Old Testament that Jesus is using here. He's referencing that passage. And when Jacob wakes up the next morning, after seeing this vision of angels coming and going between heaven and earth, he says, how awesome is this place? Surely this is the house of God. Surely this is the gate to heaven. And Jesus is saying to Nathaniel, I'm the house of God. I am the gate to heaven, and you will see angels ascending and descending, not on a ladder, but on me. I am the wardrobe into our How much more than you think. And then he says, ascending and descending on the Son of Man, which is Jesus' favorite reference for himself, which is a reference to Daniel chapter 7, where Daniel also sees a vision and says, I saw, and behold, the clouds of heaven, there came one like a Son of Man, 
And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him, the Son of Man was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and all nations and all languages should serve him. And his dominion will be an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. And the, the teachers of the law, they studied that passage for centuries, trying to feel like, what is this son of man? Who is this person? This one that's like a man, and yet he's being worshipped and talked about like he's God. How do we make sense of this thing? And Jesus is saying, that's me. I am the one. And later... When Jesus refers to himself as son of man, the religious leaders know what he's talking about. They pick up stones, and they're like, we're going to kill him, we're going to throw rocks at him until he dies. It's called stoning. Getting stoned means something different now, so you've got to just explain what it means. Um, they pick up stones, they want to kill him. And so what Jesus is saying to Nathaniel is saying, what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with that? Nathaniel followed him. He became a, dis a disciple. And Jesus is saying to him, look, I am not one that stands at the bottom of the ladder and tells you how to climb it or stands at the top of the ladder and invites you to walk up to me. I actually am that ladder. I am that gate. I am the way. Come and follow me. That's what we want Mario to be about. We want Mario to be this place where you can just come and see. Where you can hear the Bible. Where you can ask your questions. Where you can bring your friends and you can just say to them, come and see. Come and meet God, maybe, and see what he does with you. That's what we want to be about. That's what I hope you want to be about, and I hope that you'll stick around on a year. Let me pray, and then we'll, we'll sing a little bit more. A bunch of announcements, a lot of fun stuff happens. Let me pray. Lord God, uh, we thank you uh, that you love us, that you come to us, that you don't wait for us to come to you, uh, but that you seek us out, and that you, you came to to transform us. And so we pray that you would do just that. Thank you that you are so kind uh, and so loving and so good. We pray that this semester you would surprise us, not just with the relationships we make with one another in this room, but that you would surprise us with who you are, that you would exceed our expectations. We pray this in your name. Amen.